Welcome to the Future of Work Live. Hosted by Mark Salisbury, author of the new book, Socrates Digital for Learning and Problem Solving. Each 25-minute episode with Mark and his guests prepares you for the upcoming new world of work. Welcome to the Future of Work Live. I'm Mark Salisbury, your host. Today, Santiago Mejia is my guest, and he'll discuss what Socrates would tell us about designing intelligent machines. All right, so before we bring Santiago out here, here's a little bit about him. Uh, He earned a PhD in philosophy from the University of Chicago in 2016 and joined the Gabelli School of Business in 2017 as an assistant professor of business ethics. Uh, He's developing a project showing that shareholder primacy, the view according to which companies should be managed in the interest of shareholders, is ethically legitimate, but imposes obligations that are typically acknowledged. He's also exploring what Socratic ignorance, the view that the highest form of human wisdom consists in the recognition of one's ignorance how this may contribute to the scholarship of fields such as artificial intelligence, leadership, and meaningful work. He's interested in the nature of character and ethical development, particularly within organizations. Professor Mejia has been awarded the Fordham's Distinguished Research Award for Junior Faculty in 2021, the Business Ethics Quarterly Ethical Award in 2019, and the Society of Business Ethics Founders Award in 2016. Please join me in welcoming Santiago. And here's where I bring him out. And can, I think can you hear me. We hear you, I think. Yes, okay. Okay, terrific. <laughs> For those people at home who are how do we put on such a high quality broadcast? We always go for it, go through it a little bit ahead of time so we can use our time wisely. But the other thing is that consistently is we have no trouble in the dry run uh, with the technology. But as soon as we go live, there's always a bugaboo. So we are having trouble with the microphone. But uh, Santiago, I'm going to go ahead and get us going here. And of course, this is you. This is your tag here. But let's start with the question, why is Socratic ignorance important? Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark, uh, to, to be joining uh, you and your guest, your guest today. So, so Socratic ignorance is important because, and because it brings out a really interesting and underdeveloped, underdeveloped theoretical way, way of understanding ignorance, but also more important, more important system. Um, uh, let's start by a uh, very, uh, very good about Chuck. About Chuck. Yeah, if, if I could interrupt just for a second, we're getting a little bit of feedback from yours. Um, although you have really important words, we're hearing them twice, which is probably good for people like me, but maybe not our greater audience. So maybe there's see, a little. Let me see if you can see the microphone. Can you hear me better in this way? In this... Yes, we yes. can. Yes. Okay. So I'll go without the microphone. So what I was saying is that Socratic ignorance is uh, uh, it a form of wisdom that is under that is under 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 and, and under under uh, and kind of not quite in quite in mind, mind. What wisdom? What wisdom can amount to? Can you hear me well? 
Yes, yes. There's yes, a little bit of background scratching, uh, but um, I think I think it's working. And let me tell you a, a, a short story to, to illustrate Socratic ignorances. And a friend of a friend of a friend of Socrates, uh, the um, Delphi Oracle, Oracle, and ask him Oracle, Oracle, question like question like, is there any wiser than Socrates? And the Oracle said no. When he was told that the Oracle had said that there was no one wiser than him, than him, absolutely perplexed because he thought because he's not wise, not wise. He instructed you to sort of like re- like recognize, understand what the Oracle meant. He was trying to was trying to sort of like show what was wrong, which is the way of the Oracle. So he went. To, so he went to politics, asking, asking the kind of things they're supposed to know. Supposed to know. And in the patients, he patients, he really didn't know. He didn't know. Although they thought they do, they do. Talk to talk to uh, general generals about, say, for instance, things that they should know, like, for instance, courage. Size that that you know what Kuno was. He went to talk. Went to talk. Uh, priest, uh, priest. The nature of piety and piety. They didn't know. They didn't know the nature of piety. And after going to talk with a number of different number of different people who claimed to know some of the areas of expertise, expertise that they that they endorsed, he recognized that they didn't know. They didn't know. Like he didn't know. You know? But there was one that was different between both between both of them. Namely, he recognized that he didn't know what other people didn't didn't recognize. They didn't know. And what that means what that means is that he he recognized if the oracle was right is because his only form of wisdom was the highest form of wisdom that a human can aspire to was precisely a recognition of his ignorance. If you think about wisdom in that way, it I think opens up a, a, a world of possibilities to think about. Like, what should aspire to be doing when you're trying to achieve this? Uh, in general, what should we aspiring to be doing when we're sort of thinking about what a human life and human excellence amounts to? Um, um, now, once you recognize that more is that is done, uh, I think it opens up different ways of thinking about a variety of variety of um, leadership, um, uh, artificial intelligence in particular. I've done some work on that. The future of work, and also just also just. Uh, a flow, a flow. Does that help? Yeah, it does help. And uh, we still seem to have a little bit of echo. I don't know quite what it is. It's some kind of uh, feedback. You know, it's funny when you and I um, did it earlier, you came over clear. And so I think I think it's one of those things where we always try a different connection that makes sure we have a good one and it doesn't work quite as well. But anyway, the, the thing that struck me uh, around Socratic ignorance is it's really kind of a form of uh, emotional budgets for our leaders, right? In a sense that, you know, I mean, one of the things is that uh, one of the ways to get feedback and, and get the input of people is to admit you don't know everything as a, as a leader. And so I think that's a very powerful thing that good leaders know. Uh, they know this in a sense. Uh, and then I think we all know someone who doesn't have any of this, right? We all have an Uncle Fred that comes to our Easter dinner, and he knows everything about everything. <laughs> you want to just tell him, you know, there's this thing called sexuality in, uh, ignorance. Have you heard about it? And, of course, he would say, absolutely, <laughs> but miss the point. So, anyway, how does all of this relate to really the future of, the, of work, do you think, Sunday? So it connects. It connects. And I'm trying to see. Is this any? Speak more slowly. 
Does it make any difference? A little bit, I think. Yeah. Okay. If not, I'll try. If not, I'll try this. There's at least two ways in which which autocratic ignorance is make us think different, different nature of work, and both are quite different. So the first has to do, and you were touching on that earlier, earlier on the nature of leadership. Um, Socratic think when you think when you take a change, you want to live differently. Socratic wisdom, Socratic wisdom, thinking about leadership in a leadership in a way where you're not supposed not supposed to be the person who knows, but rather you're like meant to call to call in in the organization form of unknown, unknown, a, a form is that is that tries to select in conventional understandings things. By doing so, opens up uh, interesting area of, uh, of creativity. Sort of like sort of like releases uh, uh, forms of managerial leadership have to do doing doing things differently. Uh, uh, it's not exactly undermine authority, but not tacitly giving in to whatever uh, authorities authorities give you. Um, also, and I think so, and this is really critical critical to the project of so of Socrates. It also puts the emphasis on what's the ultimate aim, ultimate aim of human, human and also a, a corporate given that organization and say and in getting pe getting people much more proactive thinking about what's the purpose of the corporation. What's the purpose of particular, this particular enterprise? It, it um, leads people, I think, to think much more uh, attentively about what they should, what they should be, where the organization should be, headed, should be headed. What is the matter of giving, ret giving returns, but much more broad. What, what organization, organizations and trying to achieve, to achieve. Um, the other way which it connects, which it connects with the future of work, and this is quite different, has to do with like the potential. That intelligence has has to convey uh, lots of jobs, lots of jobs. It's a big debate, big debate whether whether at least how how, how as we know it will will uh, eventually take up really take up most of the jobs of the jobs. Not I think there's compelling compelling arguments, not and not controversial, controversial, not irrefutable, but controlling controlling arguments to think that intelligence, unlike many other forms of um, um, technological developments. Might actually create a, a, a massive unemployment. Now, I've argued that works, uh, in particular, plays a really critical role in how we work as a society. We kind of make weekends of our lives partly, partly work. That kind of uh, work plays a really critical work, uh, a role in how we play, how we understand how we understand. When we're kids, we're thinking about think, you know getting some education to go work. And then you know we spend a lot of our, our working um, daily lives working, and then eventually we retire. But work is like this epicenter around which we are heading as as up, and then sort of like fading out as we grow. Um, and if if we enter a, a time of technological unemployment, and that could cause significant uh, like a crisis of intelligibility, a crisis of understanding what it is to what a flourishing life because. Work, I think, plays a really critical role in how we understand uh, a flourishing life to be. And what's interesting about Socrates is that instead of trying, trying to find a sort of like new meaning, he wanted to sort of like just be able to uh, fully uh, recognize, fully uh, live with this uh, space of unknowingness, of, of mm -hmm. not exactly knowing what is the meaning of life, not exactly knowing what should we be doing, 
and, mm -hmm. and use that as a source of energy to sort of like to think and reflect about human flourishing and, and, and human agency. So that's two ways in which I think Socrates' work and his work and particularly the notion of Socratic wisdom that is associated with this notion of ignorance uh, can help us think differently about uh, work and the future of work. Yes, I, and, and I think so on a, on a very pragmatic and basic way. I think it allows us to leave our biases behind, uh, our assumptions that we make about things, um, and we can approach things like, well, you know, with a, with a you know, uh, an open-mindedness that maybe we couldn't if we, if we didn't adopt this kind of, of idea of Socratic ignorance, I think. Uh, because what I see with it is it's, it's that, you know, you don't really start uh, moving more towards making conclusions until you verify you actually have some data and you verify the assumptions that you're, you're making and whatever concepts you're using that to be able to frame the, the situation you're looking at. Once you go through those, you say, I don't really know anything. I'm starting from ground one. It seems like it would be a great way to foster innovation. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought all these points up. So the Socratic kind of like endeavor is a highly critical one where he's constantly challenging uh, mm -hmm. others about their views, views. And I think he's also, and that's come from his own recognition of challenging himself. And that essentially is going to sort of like leave you uh, or, or undermine significantly the kind of bias, the bias you might have. Right? And insofar, insofar, in, 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 in many of those biases, those biases will sort of like come up as precisely biases. Uh, as you're, you're like, no, lo no longer just closing the follow your idea that you did. Uh, I think that opens up also room for creativity, creativity, room, room for, you know, things, you know, things in a very, right? When you think you know, no, you should leave. When you think you know, think you know, action should work, action should work, know, know how a particular figure will be doing things, then you're just following that particular, that particular script. But when you sort of like recognize right, through questioning, questioning some of the foundation of, of, uh, uh, of those kind of like response you have or those have or those skills, you then opens up opens up spaces for thinking differently. And so I think I think significant significantly enhanced activity as you're saying. And also uh, new possibility new possibility and also uh, as you said earlier earlier uh, kind of like helps us identify our biases and also and also to a certain extent come extent combat them. Okay. And I, I want to get to the question I find fascinating that we had talked about before the show, and that is how Socratic in, uh, ignorance can be incorporated into these intelligent machines that we build. So can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by that? Yeah, uh, this is like, I think, a fascinating uh, area of research. Artificial uh, intelligence is, is impressive in the kind of experiments that it did, right? Right, see that it has an ability to like different things. For instance, for instance, in pictures, like really good record, really good. But also, how it can actually play games, which were thought to be thought to be very very difficult program program. And but I think I think Socrates help us help us see something that is in the idea of intelligence, intelligence in intelligence, intelligence. Artificial intelligence machines are able to sort of like predict, predict, 
sometimes the degree of probability uh, what is the, what is that you should play or what is the kind of like picture feature falls into a, a particular category or not um, um, and and in so far that it's it Mm. There's a certain sense in which it's very dogmatic about it, right? There's a certain sense in which the the results that the artificial intelligence is producing are said to be kind of like uh, from a certain from a certain perspective stone, right? The artificial intelligence we have right now is not able not to sort of question themselves in themselves. It's not sort of like reflect on what are the methods the methods we used, right? Uh, what metrics that uh, guide those kind of like results and insofar as that's missing insofar as those artificial intelligence machines are not able to question themselves question the foundations on which their uh, uh, algorithms are, are based i think there's something fundamental about intelligence that they're missing and and take seriously that socrates was the wisest it suggests that they are not, they are not or at least they're missing the, the, the kind of wisdom that sort of characterizes socrates and that's the highest form of wisdom and I think when you think about artificial intelligence uh, on this slide, I think it sort of like opens up new ways of thinking about thinking about the next step of research and how could uh, engineers start thinking more creatively about other ways to program um, machines uh, and, and sort of like and other ways of skills of real intelligence might amount to. Yeah. And, and I, would, I would say right now, until machines mature to that level, part of our responsibility as human beings in this equation, working with these intelligent algorithms, is that we have to bring that kind of Socratic ignorance to the equation ourselves and basically kind of question what our machines tell us and think about, are there other ways that we could basically approach this problem uh, that's completely different than we did before? And so uh, I think it's, it's really fascinating. And then what you're advocating is we need to uh, bring this kind of intelligence to our machines so that they can help us do this, right? And help us be able to see uh, over what we always take for granted and our assumptions and all those kinds of things. Yeah, that is really, really interesting. I think I, we I have... If, oh, go ahead. If I like one thing that's, that also... Uh, comes up of that is a certain kind of humility. Once you recognize this kind of recognize that yes. you really don't know what excellence is or what should be the metrics, particular kind of humility, I think would be valuable for not only for us in general as a culture, but also for machines who have it. Yeah. Okay, I, I think that's right. And so one of the things. Um, that I wanted to move to is, is how your work kind of converges here. And so I know that for you, you are kind of connecting ethics of corporate governance with this idea of Socratic ignorance. And so how does that come together in your own work? Mm -hmm. So I haven't done a lot of work bringing those together. One way in which, so I've done a lot of work trying to articulate what's the purpose of a corporation, what's assume the purpose of the corporation. And there's a certain kind of like parallel between asking that question and asking the question of a uh, foundational question I should talk about this ask, namely, what is human flourishing? What does it mean to exceed or succeed as a, as a human yeah. being? Um, and insofar as I'm asking the question of what should be the aim of a corporation, you could think of a similar question. And, 
I'm, I'm hardly guided by the idea that the, if you ask the question properly, if you pursue properly uh, that where the question leads you, you will sort of like end up in a place, in a place of this place where you don't, you don't have clear uh, final stance on it, but you recognize how any potential answer is highly problematic. Uh, and, 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 and so kind of like also you, you might be able to open up new idea, understandings of new forms of corporate governance. Um, I haven't done a lot of work on that. My research will uh, lead me to to be able to be able to explore you. Okay, okay. Um, what gets you excited about this? See, this is this is my. I'm picking a question that's that we haven't talked about before. So, you know, what what's the thing that makes you get up in the morning that makes you think about these things? Um. I mean, I mean, Socrates is just like a really, truly fascinating figure. And I think this idea, this idea of ignorance, Socrates, is very, very, it's completely paradoxical. And yeah. the fa despite the fact that it's paradoxical, there's something that rings very true to me. And one thing that excites me about thinking of this kind of line of work or line of research is that it is something that I think we should be thinking much more proactively. And we're not thinking about it. You know, partly because it's paradoxical, and partly because partly it's more more natural to think that you know leaders should have a clear sense of where they're going. Uh, wisdom consists in knowing things and be able to sort of like give advice instead of thinking of leadership and and, and wisdom as these sort of like more unsettled, settled, uh, un not firm kind of like round. And just trying to sort of like open up that getting people to sort of like start to sort of about some of the things really excites me. If, if we could sort of like think much more proactively about what are the main goals that we should have, right? what are the metrics that should guide, for instance, corporations, what should be, what is an excellent corporation? In general, it's taken to be like, an excellent corporation is a corporation that provides financial uh, benefits, but why would that be the way of thinking about it? How can we, why shouldn't we watch corporations differently in the games? Um, and just insofar as my work might be able to select open up, People to think more proactively about these issues, and also in doing so, come up with alternative ways of organizing ourselves. Uh, I think that 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 would be great. Yeah, yeah, well, that that's interesting. I remember, and I you uh, shared a paper that you had done, and that's actually how I found you <laughs> was through your paper. But I remember in the title, and I don't remember the exact words, but it was moving from artificial intelligence to something called artificial wisdom. And I think that's what you're talking about is to get to that next level with our intelligence machines. These are the things that we need to look at that Socrates taught us so long ago. So, yeah. So. And also, I just, I think it's just interesting that somebody who wrote in the fourth century before Christ, where there were no even uh, uh, steam uh, motors, can contribute something so significant to, to this debate. debate. Yeah. Well, we have used up most of our time here, but we do have a time, a minute or so here to, to basically cap the takeaway. And I put some words down that use Socratic ignorance when designing the next generation of intelligence machines. That's a takeaway. Would you like to elaborate on that just a little bit for our audience? I would like to actually add something to it. And it's also use Socrates as an example of how to lead your life, which means ask yourself proactively what should be the purpose of your life and in doing so 
ask, ask it not with an expectation that you will get a firm answer, but more that you will open up, sort of like unsettle yourself about, about that might amount to. And, and I think if you think about that in your own life, I think you can also think about that, about uh, uh, artificial, artificial uh, uh, and artificial machines. Okay, very good. That's a nice cap on it. Uh, I'm sorry we had this, this a little bit of technical difficulty. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think given the two technical show and a great guest, I would go with the great guest every time. So you really fulfilled that great idea. So, Santiago, thank you so much for being with us. And um, we'll look forward to more work from you in this area. Thank you so much for the invitation, Mark. And, and yeah, I'm apologize for the for the for the glitches if they were my, my oh, own. it's these things happen. And I just want to remind people we're now on a path, so we'll be back next week, one o'clock Central Time, with a new episode of the Future of Work Live. We'll see you then. You can find the Future of Work Live episodes in video and podcast format on www.marksalsbury.com. Additionally, YouTube hosts the video episodes on the Future of Work channel, and Apple, Spotify, and Google host the podcasts.